0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: What's going on, everyone? Oregon fans, how we doing? How we doing? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks for Fan Nation over on Sports Illustrated, um, in the Sports Illustrated family, rather, um, in that network. But we are here uh, live on YouTube, youtube.com slash Torres is where you can find us. If you guys are here in the live show, drop a comment uh, in the live chat and let me know, or... If you're watching on replay, go ahead and leave a comment and let me know how you're feeling about the latest commitment in the 2023 recruiting class for the Ducks, Leap A We are going to be talking about him on this show and what's next for Oregon on the recruiting trail here in the class of 2023. So we're going to be breaking down this commitment and then talking about what's next for the Ducks. Quick reminder for you guys, if you're new here or if you're returning Make sure you hit the like button on the video, subscribe to the channel, leave me a comment, and uh, questions are always welcome. You can DM me or the Ducks Dish podcast on Twitter. So uh, with all that being said, let's hop into this uh, this latest episode. 2023 modern day offensive lineman Lipe Moala has committed to Oregon. He announced his commitment on Friday night during his senior night festivities Um, At modern day. So this is uh, definitely a big decision for him and a big decision for Oregon, a big pickup for Oregon, uh, because offensive line has been a, a major focus in this class. And honestly, it's been a little bit of a concern, I think, in the eye of some Oregon fans because of how long it has taken to start getting some momentum at the offensive line position, which is kind of odd, especially considering how well Oregon's offensive line is playing and how well they've been recruiting the position, even under the the new coaching staff, with Josh Connerly obviously being the the big crown jewel of the 2022 class, late five-star offensive lineman committing to Oregon over USC out of the state of Washington, Seattle Rainier Beach, and he has played in every game so far this year for Oregon. So definitely a good sign there for, uh, for the Ducks and for him just to come in and, and make an impact early on in his time at the college level. Um, So the the offensive line has definitely been playing real, real solid. Leap at Moala is the second commitment for Oregon uh, on the offensive line in 2023, joining Bryce Bolton, who is from Palm Desert high school also in Southern California. Um, Let's see where do we want to go here. We could just talk a little bit more about Moala and then I can throw on some film for him. Um, I think with, with this commitment, It was a recruitment that really came together pretty fast for Oregon. Uh, I believe the Ducks offered earlier on this month in October. He took an unofficial visit to Eugene. Uh, I think it was for the Stanford game that I want to say, but got the offer, took the visit. And um, obviously on Friday, this one was wrapped up and he was committed. So this was a, a recruitment that wasn't super heavily contested. Um, which is a little bit surprising, especially for a modern-day player. Uh, one of the best, the best team in the nation right now. Um, I think they're the national number one after beating Saint John Bosco. I was at that game. That game was nuts. I've gotten to see Moala play, uh, you know, a number of times this year. I think three times actually. Uh, I got to see him against Corona Centennial against Mililani, the uh, Hawaii team, and then I also got to see him against Saint John Bosco. So I've been able to see him uh, a couple times and. For for Moala, I think this is this is a, a good a good fit for him uh, at Oregon. You know, I read a little bit of some of the other reports, uh, just talking about some of the quotes that he had for why he committed to Oregon and the the culture fit was something uh, for him that, that he really uh, felt at home with. And um, you got to think that that Oregon wants to keep that modern day pipeline going, right? Maybe we could talk about that for a second because you you find schools across the country that you know certain teams are, are really, really high on, or that they're always going to have people coming in throughout the country uh, to recruit their players. And modern day is absolutely one of those schools. Uh, I, what's interesting with, with modern day, especially on their offensive line is that it's actually a pretty young team. Uh, really most of their players, I feel like they don't have a lot of like super heavily recruited seniors this year. I uh, have Jordan Davison, the running back. He's a five-star um, 2025. Uh, also has an offer from Oregon. Uh, you have Nathan Frazier, a running back who's a 2024. Uh, I had a recent update on him over on DucksDigest.com. He's going to be in Eugene for Oregon's game against UCLA this weekend. Uh, you have Marcus Harris, a 2025 wide receiver. Um, so just, and then you also have Jordan Baker on the offensive line. So he's an Oregon legacy. He's loving the Ducks so far in his recruitment. Uh, His brother, obviously, being Gary Baker, the former Oregon offense or defensive lineman, excuse me. Um, So I think that this obviously is is something that Oregon can use to kind of carry some momentum into that recruitment uh, with with uh, with um, Brandon Baker, one of the best offensive linemen in the country for 2024. And you also have DeAndre Carter, who I believe plays left tackle for uh, the Monarchs, and he is also a super special talent. Um, so for Oregon to be able to get into the game this late with Moala and still get a commitment uh, is absolutely um, a really strong statement for, for that coaching staff and their ability to, to recruit. Um, even though Moala is a little bit more of an underrated guy, uh, not a whole bunch of offers. Other schools that were in it on this one were Louisville, Washington, Utah. Um, none of those teams necessarily blowing you away. Uh, with their play in their last couple of years, although Utah did win their first Pac-12 title last year, get that one-point win over USC uh, at home in Salt Lake City. That was certainly one of the best games of the, the weekend. But let's go ahead and uh, throw on some highlights for Lipe Mawala so we can get a little bit of a better sense at what kind of a player Oregon's getting. Six-foot-seven, 315 pounds coming out of modern day. We got his midseason senior highlights up on the screen right now. You see him there at right guard next to Brandon Baker. That's another thing that's so interesting about Lipe is, is how big he is and he's playing on the interior. So you usually want those guys to, to be pretty mobile. And I think that's one of the things that stands out on, on tape for Mala is just the, the mobility that he has at his size. Um, you know, really does a good job of, you know, getting hands on his guy and then initiating that contact. Definitely a physical prospect that plays with that nastiness and grit. There he is against Corona Centennial uh, with that big run from from Jordan Davison. So I think he's maybe a little bit bigger than you would expect for an interior guy, especially when you compare him to Bryce Bolton, the uh, other Oregon offensive line commit here in 2023. He's uh, an interior offensive lineman as well. Six foot three, 250 pounds, just wide open lanes here. This looks like this might be from a scrimmage earlier in the year. Um, but he's a huge dude, obviously has that college ready body, but I think there's still some room to, uh, add to his frame. Um, you see him with, uh, when he's pulling and he's, he's getting out there in pass protection as well. Um, I think one thing that I would like to see a little bit more of from Moala in his game is, uh, just a little bit more finishing, finishing power. I mean, that, that's a pretty small guy that he just, uh, demolished right there. But I think for someone of his size, I'm, I'm. Kind of surprised that there's not as much power there. It is worth mentioning, however, that Leaping Moala did miss a majority of his junior season due to injury. So he's still kind of getting his feet back underneath him. And obviously there's some some room to grow and some uh, you know lost time, if you will, to make up for from last year. But coming from a school like Modern Day, you know he's getting really good coaching. Uh, there's still some room to, to grow for him, both physically and from his technique. Uh, I think once he gets to the college level, you get some of that college coaching from Adrian Clem and that offensive line staff. They are only going to continue to improve uh, in terms of what he has on uh, what he's able to put on tape, what he's able to show you in practice. and and I, I don't think that he necessarily projects as an early uh, early play time, early, like you know, starter necessarily, or even like he'll be in the rotation too much as a true freshman. But uh, I don't think that the way that Oregon's built its uh, class and just the the depth that they have on the roster, I know they're going after some other offensive linemen in the 2023 recruiting class. Uh, We'll definitely talk about some of those guys, but I think that this is a great commitment for Oregon, great timing for the Ducks. Uh, This this recent commitment for them actually put them just past USC in the 2023 recruiting rankings. So I'm going to bring those up on my screen here. Um, just to kind of show you guys where Oregon is at. So Oregon now has 20 commitments in their 2023 recruiting class. Uh, That is good for the number 13 overall class on the 247 rankings. That's usually the system that I like to use, uh, the outlet that I like to use for recruiting rankings. So 20 commits overall for Dan Lanning and company in his first uh, full recruiting cycle and I think it's making a, a good statement for sure. As you can see here, they have the top class in the Pac-12 over USC just by 0.08 uh, points, uh, You know, so very, very slim margin here, uh, 19 commits for USC, and Oregon has two five-stars, as does USC, and 10 four-stars. And here's an interesting number that I think is always cool to look at. Average commit rating of 91.08, so that's well within four-star territory for the ducks they're averaging a, about a four-star commitment per every recruit that they uh, earn a pledge from and uh, it's just going to continue to be a really really interesting uh, recruiting battle between these two programs both with first year head coaches that are moving over to new cities uh new schools I actually got to meet lincoln riley last week at the uh, modern day bosco game so that was pretty special um moment for me uh, just because you know i, I read uh this one book that was written about him called Sooner uh, during his time at Oklahoma and kind of his rise to a star head coach. So it was like, dang, I read a book about you and I got to, I got to meet him last week. So that was definitely pretty special uh, for me, but, uh, but yeah, this Oregon class, they're in a good spot. You still have some decent room. Uh, I think that uh, we'll, we'll get into some more of that and what's next for Oregon. So um, we'll go ahead and get that off the screen. I think one other interesting update that we just have to talk about. um, I I, I didn't do a podcast this weekend, so apologies for that. But uh, how about game day coming to Oregon? Game day, college game day will be going to Eugene for number nine UCLA against number 10 Oregon. That game is set for 1230 kickoff, uh, 1230 Pacific, and it will be on Fox. So that's a new, new update for today. Uh, that the Ducks will be playing UCLA on Fox if you're not able to make that trip out to Eugene for that game. And that's going to be a fun one. There's there's a lot on the line uh, for both teams in this one. Both Oregon and UCLA are the last two teams in conference play that have uh, not lost in Pac-12 play just yet. And uh, UCLA was definitely an interesting one because they were undefeated for a while, but they hadn't really played that many teams. And then they beat UCLA... And uh, I thought that that definitely cemented them as a a legit Pac-12 contender. And and who knows what their ceiling is. But we're going to be talking plenty more, uh, plenty, plenty more about Oregon and UCLA. We're going to be talking about them all this week over on DucksDigest.com and here on YouTube, on my show, Ducks Dish. So uh, trying to take a more recruiting-heavy approach of late with my content uh, on all platforms uh, because that's what I really enjoy. And, um, you know, for example, I'm trying to make it out to Long Beach Poly this week to interview 2024 USC linebacker commit Dylan Williams because he got an offer from Oregon. So there's going to be a lot of fun stuff to talk about. We got some folks here in the live chat checking in. Uh, Drew says, Ducks, what's going on, Drew? Thanks for joining the show. Uh, Let's see. Andrew says, love adding modern day talent, especially at O line. Still hoping Fano and Salas bro come to Eugene too. Think you might be talking about Fiope's brother, but I got you. We're going to talk about both of those guys later on in the show. Um, Andrew also says, and they're long shots, but the chance of getting Mateo U and Mpemba would make that D line an absolute monster unit. Yeah, Samuel Mpemba at IMG and Mateo Uyungalale out of Bosco. uh, Definitely two of the biggest names that Oregon is still pursuing here in 2023. I would say that Mateo is probably the more likely of these two, it's just especially because he's in their backyard in, in uh, St. John Bosco. Uh, Bellflower much closer geography is kind of what I'm getting at there. But I feel like I keep getting vibes about uh, Ohio State on that recruitment. Uh, but he was wearing Oregon gloves when I saw him at, at that modern-day St. John Bosco game. So you never know. It's not over until it's over. Got to get him back on campus, I think, to, to really have a good shot in that one. And then last one from Andrew, he says game day and Pate state's going to be there. Yep. Uh, Josh Pate of the late kick, uh, late kick podcast is going to be there. So that's going to be awesome. Finally getting some love for the West coast and then see me on the big screen is checking in as well. So it's going to be an exciting week. And, uh, you guys got to make sure you're tapped in with me, follow me on Twitter at M sports to keep up to date with all the latest news updates, recruiting interviews. Um, That's the fastest way to get all of it uh, from me over there on Twitter. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break for those of us on the podcasting platforms. And we'll be right back with more Oregon football recruiting talk after this.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: All right, welcome back to the Ducks Dish podcast. Hope everybody's having a great start to the week Monday morning, um, about 1030 out here on the West Coast. And uh, I'm your host Max Torres. We're talking some Oregon football recruiting. And now we are faced with the question that always comes up after Oregon gets a commitment on the recruiting trail. What's next for Oregon? What's next on the recruiting trail for Oregon? So Ducks have the top class in the Pac-12, which is always uh, a great bragging right to have, but it could literally be gone at any moment, seeing that USC is hot on the recruiting trail as well, but um, we need to talk about kind of where some of these Oregon coaches were on the road recruiting, and then kind of some of the next targets that we're going to be looking at on the offensive line, and some other uh, skill guys as well. So just from last week, uh, in case you guys didn't see the story I wrote about tracking the coaches, uh, over on Ducks Digest, where uh, where they're going to be and who they're going to be seeing. Coach Carlos Lachlan was in Mississippi to check on four-star running back commit Dante Dowdell. Dante didn't play in that game, unfortunately, because he uh, is, is nursing an ankle injury. But uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be too serious. And uh, he should be back in action relatively soon, from what I'm told. So definitely important for uh, Oregon to be to continue recruiting Dante. I think he's coming out for his uh, for another visit, either the Washington weekend or the Utah weekend, possibly even both. But that's kind of just some of what I'm hearing right now uh, from the people that I'm talking to that are close to that recruitment. So that's big. Dante is obviously one of the headliners in this class, even though he, his recruiting ranking may not reflect that. But he is an absolute stud. Love watching that guy play. Here's an interesting note. I talked about it a little bit, I think, last week. But uh, Oregon is still going after Cameron Cook the TCU running back commit here in 2023. He's a, a four-star prospect out of Stony Point High School in Round Rock, Texas, nearly 20 reported offers before making that a f- a f- initial commitment to the TCU Horn Frogs who have been playing some awesome football this year. Um, and it's, it's a, uh, it's, it's an interesting recruitment to track for Cook because Oregon was in on a number of guys in the 2023 class before Dowdell initially hopped into the fold. Uh, Jeremiah Love just committed to Notre Dame over the weekend. So that is a, that's a, a big pickup for Notre Dame and, and Marcus Freeman, who just lost to Stanford. Uh, that's Stanford's, or yeah, Stanford's first win against a Power 5 team, against an FBS opponent more specifically, since they beat Oregon last year. So uh, that's just a... That loss, uh, Notre Dame's loss to Stanford and Cal's loss to Colorado were two of were two of the worst losses of last week. I think so. That's pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, Oregon. I just wanted to mention Cam Cook here because um, because it's it's interesting to track who else they're still going after, uh, especially with a lot of these top prospects in the country looking to sign early and roll early, just hop into college football. Um, so. Keep an eye on Cameron Cook and kind of what's going on there. We'll see if Oregon can get him out to Eugene for a visit. Um, and then other coaches that were uh, on the road recruiting, you had Tosh Lapoy in Texas to uh, check in on Johnny Bowens, the former Texas A&M defensive line commit. Johnny Bowens has absolutely emerged as a top prospect, top target for the Ducks in this 2023 cycle. Uh, after multiple visits here in the last six months, really, getting out to Eugene in the spring, reopening his recruitment. Uh, obviously that visit gave him a lot to think about when he was committed to Texas A&M at the time. And then he was back in town for the Stanford game as well. Um, and I don't believe he's taken an official visit to Oregon just yet. Uh, so definitely, definitely important to, to get you know time in front of him, go out to Texas to show him that he's a priority and then work on getting him back into Eugene for uh, another trip. Um, not totally sure if he's going to be not totally sure if he's going to be enrolling early uh, but or deciding early. I don't know the timeline there. Have yet to talk to him this time around. Uh, Brooks says, I hope we get Johnny Bowen. That would make two commitments from the San Antonio area this cycle. Yeah, Texas is absolutely a hot spot for talent. We all know that. And then Oregon also has Tyler Turner, the safety out of um, – out of San Antonio. I'm forgetting the name of the, uh, the school off the top of my head, but he's from San Antonio. And then you also have Ashton Cozart um, out of Flower Mound, Texas, Mar- Marcus High School. And then you also have uh, Tyler – nope, sorry, Terrence Green uh, out of Cyprus, I-, I believe it is. So Oregon is all over the state of Texas. And you have to be. If you want to contend for a top class, and certainly in the Pac-12 and even nationally, you have to – tap into the state, the country's most powerful states. And what is that? California, Texas, and Florida. Texas is going to easily be the hardest one for them to tap into because of distance. And uh, I don't believe there's as many Florida connections on this staff as maybe the previous one was with, with, you know, Mario and Alex Mirabal, um, a couple other guys as well. Uh, But Johnny Bowen's definitely a big target for Oregon in this class. And he could be someone that they want to add to their front seven. And then uh, Kenny Dillingham and, Dan Lanning we're out in Detroit to see five-star quarterback Dante Moore in action. He is the headliner of this class, probably the most important recruit in this class, just because Oregon has not had the best luck uh, when it comes to you know prep high school prep um, quarterbacks of late. Uh, you know they, they had Bo Nix out of the transfer portal, so I feel like you can't really call, count that. Tyler Shuck was a starter at Oregon, but he was kind of wishy washy. Anthony Brown was a transfer. Uh, and then and then Ty Thompson, as far as just kind of his projection, he, he's the guy that they have as their backup who, who is able to come in and get more reps that he definitely needs. Um, but I, I just don't know how confident you are as an Oregon fan. If Bo leaves after this season, I'm, I'm not too sure that, that Ty Thompson's the number one without a doubt starter. Uh, I think there would definitely be a competition with him and Dante um, and then Jay Butterfield as well. Um, depending on what the quarterback room looks like. Um, so it's it's gonna be gonna be very important to keep Dante Moore locked in and continue to recruit him. The only other guy that I wanted to talk about as far as tracking coaches, uh Demetrius Martin was out in Los Angeles to see Roderick Pleasant. Uh, him and Dalen Austin are probably the two top DBs on Oregon's board here in 2023. Dalen Austin being an LSU cornerback commit at Long Beach Poly. Roderick Pleasant being the, I think he's the top uncommitted corner other than Cormani McLean in the 23 class. He's over at Gardena Sarah And man, that guy is fast. He's fun to watch. For whatever reason, when I saw Sarah and Long Beach Poly play, I think that was my first high school game out here in Los Angeles, um, or in Long Beach. Yeah. Um Roger Pleasant like barely got the I don't even think he had a single touch on offense. And then now I'm seeing highlights later in the season. And they're getting him much more involved on offense. And I was like, why didn't you do that against Long Beach Pauly? Their their offense was just super stagnant and one-dimensional in that game, uh, a game that Pauly ended up winning. So that's where some of these Oregon coaches were. And now we're going to talk about some more names in the 2023 class that uh, the Ducks are recruiting. Spencer Fano is one of the biggest names at offensive line that has been on Oregon's radar for quite some time. He was in town for the Stanford game as well um, for his official visit. Um, so definitely good for Oregon to get an official out of Spencer Fano. This was right on the heels of him announcing his top four of Utah, BYU, Oregon, and Michigan. Uh, I would probably wager that Oregon's in the driver's seat right now that they have the lead. I don't know how far I would go with like percentages or anything, but they've just put a ton of work in on that recruitment. He loves Eugene. He loves Oregon. His family loves Oregon and that coaching staff, tons of connections and relationships there. Oregon's had a super strong pipeline in Utah dating back these past three or so years. Uh, More recently, you have Harrison Tagger out of Corner Canyon, Jackson Powers Johnson out of Corner Canyon. Um, You also have the Sewell brothers, obviously. You have Jeffrey Bossa. So this is just a talent-rich state that is blowing up, and, and Oregon's been right there at the forefront of schools that are taking advantage of all the talented recruits in that state. Um, so there are so many talented guys there, uh, that Oregon's going to continue to recruit. What's interesting with Spencer Fano though, is that Clemson recently hopped into the boat, uh, hopped on board threw their hat in the ring with a scholarship offer. And, uh, I think we know how much that Clemson offer means. I think that's one is a little bit more, uh, highly coveted by a lot of recruits, uh, in terms of just really big name schools that are you know pursuing them. So Spencer Fano is someone to watch. Absolutely in this cycle. Uh, and then you also have uh, Faope's brother, Iapani Laloulu, from uh, Farrington High School in Honolulu, I believe it is. Farrington High School in Honolulu. Uh, he was recently on campus as well, I think the same weekend that Fano was, for his official visit. Um, it looks like it's going to be an Oregon-Arizona battle for this one, but we know how, how well Oregon does with the brother game. Uh, as far as having a brother that's already on the team, and then recruiting that brother to Oregon to uh, join the Ducks, um, Adrian Clem is, has done a really good job recruiting. Uh, definitely missed on a couple guys. You know, Miles McVeigh is one that comes to mind. I know he was super high on Oregon, but but Alabama can also be tough to beat down the down the stretch. Obviously, um, so I think that that was a bummer for Oregon, but they're they're doing really well. I think with some of these other guys, uh, with Fano and then with with Iapani here as well. I think that he's going to be someone that uh, could, we could see uh, hopping on board uh, in the near future for Oregon. I don't believe that he is. I don't believe that he has uh, set a commitment date of yet um, with his recruitment, but he's definitely one of the guys that's top of Oregon's board, uh, number one prospect in the state of Hawaii. Six two, three fifty five on the interior. Uh, while Fano is, is more of a, a tackle type of guy. I think he's playing tackle right now for Tim View, left tackle kind of guy. Um, but yeah, would, this would be a solid get for Oregon without a doubt. It would fill a position of need, um, and I think that he's definitely someone that they feel really confident on. So put, put uh, Yapani Lalauulu, um and Spencer Fano as some of the top guys that, they, that we could see Oregon potentially add here uh, in the coming weeks, coming months. Uh, neither of those guys have, um, neither of those guys have commitment dates set as of right now, but, uh, let's see who else do they have, uh, in the 2023 class. Another name to know is Bryson Hurst, who is at Mississippi Gulf coast community college, one of the top JUCO programs in the entire country. Um, and, uh, what else was I going to say? So he, he, he initially committed to old Miss. I want to say. Uh, coming out of high school before going to uh, you know the JUCO level. Um, but now he's out in Mississippi, which is a, a state that obviously Oregon is is definitely tapping into with Dante Dowdell. They've offered three other teammates of his. Uh, now four picking players have offered. I talked about a Marion Tyson in a recent spotlight, uh, offer spotlight out there on uh, Ducks Digest. So, Bryson, Bryson Hurst is, is another guy you want to watch. He did commit to Mississippi coming out of high school, but now he is at Mississippi Gulf Coast. Um, let's see. You also have Samson Oakland Lola, one of the top offensive linemen. I believe he's the top offensive tackle in the entire country um, for 2023. Uh, this is a, a really heavily contested recruitment. Uh, so far he's the number 16 player in the country on 247 number one prospect in Massachusetts and number three offensive tackle in this class of 2023 as you can see here there's some crystal balls that are in for Miami and and I would definitely have to um definitely have to agree that it looks like it's probably Miami uh Miami uh, Miami's prospect to lose really uh, especially with how far away he is and uh Need to get him back on campus. I think before that, uh, before that announcement eventually comes. So, I think that these visits are are just so so important um, that it's gotta you got to get these guys back on campus if you want to have a good chance, especially with these highly coveted guys um, that are you know way farther away from you. They're not they're not in Southern California like a Roger Pleasant or they're not in Washington like a Josh Connerly was. Um, so definitely some some tougher guys to maybe land. Uh, other names in 2023 that the Ducks are going after, you have DeAndre Moore, the 2023 Louisville wide receiver commit, also at St. John Bosco. And then you also have Jonte Cook, uh, Jonte Cook II, five-star Texas wide receiver commit out of DeSoto. Um, we got to meet him last fall, great dude, great kid, and he's probably the best playmaker on that DeSoto team, which put up 80 points last week, uh, which is absolutely insane. That was a pretty short visit for Jonte Cook when he came out for that uh, that Stanford game uh, for Oregon. Uh, it was definitely a visit they were kind of scrambling to put together, uh, but they they were able to get that one uh, you know completed. Uh, just a short one day visit, but it looks like there's some chatter that he's gonna that Jonte Cook could want to return to Oregon for a visit after the season ends. Um, remember that was a top three of Oregon, Texas, and Michigan during his time as a recruit before eventually committing to Steve Sarkeesian and the Texas Longhorns. Um, Let's see. I I didn't honestly, I did not watch a whole lot of football this weekend. Um, So I'm just double checking the the schedule right now. Uh, Texas squeaking out a narrow 24 to 21 win over Ohio or Iowa state rather last week. And then this weekend uh, they got to face Oklahoma state. So that's going to be a huge game. The big 12 has been playing some pretty good football. The Texas has Oklahoma state and then Kansas state the week after that. So it's going to be some tough matchups for Texas. Um, I I'd just be interested to see, uh, what kind of recruiting fallout there might be if, um, if Texas were to lose, uh, again, this, this upcoming, you know, through this week, just dominated Oklahoma 49 to nothing in the red river shootout and, uh, lost in overtime, Texas tech last month. Um, so Oregon is still heavily involved with Jonte Cook. I don't think anything's happening here in the near future. He figures to be a, another early enrollee guy. Um, I would say just of his caliber, I wouldn't be surprised if he enrolled early. Um, so those are some more names to kind of track as we try to figure out what's next for Oregon on the recruiting trail. I want to do some more digging to see what's going on at linebacker. So Oregon's starting to address more of these needs along the offensive line. Still trying to see if they can add some more playmakers at wide receiver and running back um, with really just two wide receivers committed and two absolute studs and Jurion Dickey and um, Ashton Kozar. I, I'm, I might be seeing Jurion Dickey later this month, uh, trying to see if I'm going to be playing a trip back to the Bay Area to maybe see him play and maybe see Oregon play Cal. Uh, still kind of trying to figure out those details here in the next uh, next week or so. But uh should be, should be some, some fun football to watch. Absolutely. Let me get to some of these questions, and then I will sign off for today. Uh, let's see. Christopher says, Max, is he going to be a four-star down the road, or is this kid a stud three-star? Uh, I'm assuming we're, the question is about Lipe Moala, Oregon's latest commit. It's kind of interesting. He's actually not even rated on 247, um, but obviously his offers would reflect otherwise. Um, I mean, Lipe Mawala has been playing really, really good football this year. Uh, the three times that I've seen him play, he's, he's played really, really well. Obviously, that game against, day, or against Bosco was the toughest challenge. Uh, and he wasn't going up against you know, Mateo super often because he plays the interior, whereas Mateo is an edge rusher. Um, but I think he definitely held up against uh, Bosco. As the passing game really wasn't that great um, for Elijah Brown and the Monarchs in that game, they, they did a lot of their damage on the on the ground. Elijah Brown had a touchdown run, and then Jordan Davison had a long touchdown run as well. So I, I think that we kind of just have to see how the rest of the season plays out to see if Lippe could uh, get um, get a rankings update or a bump in the rankings. That is. Um, but uh, I think maybe if we see some more schools hop in, we could see him get a, a ratings bump. But I guess for now, I'd say he's a really, really solid three-star in, in my eyes, but trying to get better at you know evaluating talent and, and diving into that. Mikey G says, if I'm not mistaken, the last time we had a Texas pipeline was during Chip. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, probably him or... Um, I mean, when, during the crystal ball years, there were a pretty good, there was a pretty good handful of players that were supposed to come to Oregon, at least obviously in that 22 class, things really fell apart. Uh, you had Kelvin banks out of, uh, out of Texas. You had, uh, you had Cameron Williams out of Texas as well. I'm trying to see, I'm just looking at some of the, some of the old classes. Uh, was from Texas Navarro college. Um, so there's another Texas guy, but. Earlier on, at least in, in the crystal ball tenure, uh, there was a lot of emphasis on Southern California. So, how crazy it would have been to live out here covering Oregon recruiting in, in at the, the start of the crystal ball era in 2019, um, which I believe is Oregon's best class ever. Um, let's see here, looking more of these classes. Yeah, I think Chip probably is the, the last class when they really did have a, a super, super strong presence in Texas. I'm going to look at this 2021 class uh, for Oregon. Actually, no, 2021. I think 2021 might have been the highest class that they've had. I am totally having a brain fart on that. Um, yeah, not a lot of Texas for Oregon. And, and they had Stefan Johnson Jr. committed, but um, obviously things changed when the new coaching staff shakeup happened. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I think the last steady commitment uh, pipeline for Oregon and Texas was probably under Chip Kelly. Um, I know that Willie Taggart was, was uh, recruiting Florida super, super effectively. So that was an interesting one to watch. Um, But great question from uh, Mikey G, my guy. Uh, Another question here. This was a comment, I guess. Mikey said, how strange and cool would it be to see Jay start next year? Completely different play style for sure. Jay Butterfield. Yeah, it's, I don't like looking f- super far ahead, but at the same time, you kind of always do just by default because that's kind of what recruiting is. You're, you're talking about the future of a team, of a program, of a school, uh, of a roster, and certainly trying to project for those guys. But I, I want to see Butters play some more this year. I think that there's some games on Oregon's schedule, Cal, Colorado, that they could re- – I mean, Oregon State even – that they could really put away early, I think, and get Jay some snaps. So I, I think I've been pushing for Jay to get some snaps for a while. Um, and it's no slight to tie. I just, I want to see what Jay has and he's just, we haven't been able to see him too much. Uh, let's see, see me on the big screen says Oregon is in the driver's seat to write their own ticket to the CFP. Yeah. Um, I think that with, with, uh, with USC's loss to Utah, that absolutely helps them. Now you got to get back to the conference championship game. Definitely have some tough matchups on your schedule the rest of the way here. Uh, UCLA this week and Utah later in uh, November as well so those are going to be some some really tough games I think for Oregon but they're games that they're definitely capable of winning I would say at, at this point so I think that they they just got to win the games in front of them and uh, you know not shoot themselves in the foot that's probably one of the biggest things Andrew says also I doubt it'll happen but maybe if USC falls off Bam Willows could decommit Yeah, he looks really, really solid Uh, after talking to him a couple times in this process. uh, He doesn't really strike me as a guy that might decommit, um, and it might be too early to say that after just one loss for USC. But that was a crazy game, 43-42, probably the best game in the Pac-12 last week, I I would wager. All right, let's see here. Um, And Brooks says, you take away Arch's surname, and there's no way he would be ranked higher than Dante Moore. Yeah, Dante Moore for what it's worth, you know, me and my uh my uh colleagues over at SIL American. I guess I shouldn't say me and them because I didn't have a say in the rankings necessarily, but uh, SIL American has Dante Moore as the number 1 recruit in the overall in the entire country for 2023. So, uh they're kind of deviating from the norm there just a hair. But uh I think that'll do it for this one, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode make sure you like hit the like button subscribe to the channel and share the show share the ducks dish podcast that's the best way you can support me and what i'm doing Uh, and then also consider following me on twitter at mtaurus sports and go ahead and subscribe to ducksdigest.com and make sure you check out that site as we continue to ramp up our recruiting coverage but that'll do it for us on this episode of the ducks dish podcast thank you guys so much for tuning in however you're tuned in Have an awesome day, and we will see you in the next episode of the Duck's Dish podcast.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance.